Okay, so let me just be completely honest with you. If you're listening to my voice right now, that means you are listening to our podcast. Congratulations. I'm glad you're here. I don't know how many of us there might be. There's a handful of people listen to the podcast, and every once in a while we'll have an episode that gets shared around and people listen to it and that kind of thing. But let me tell you what's happening today. Because it's very different than uh, what we would normally post. So the deal is, this Sunday, we're just having an outdoor worship service. Our church has this great new patio that we've only had for a couple of years. And we're going to take full advantage of it. We're going to have our worship service outside, actually, tomorrow. So I'm speaking to you. I'm recording this on a Saturday. Tomorrow, our service will be outside with no amplification, no microphones, no technology. It's just a group of us. We're gathering out on the patio. We're going to sing, and <clears throat> and I'm going to speak a little bit. And there will not be a sermon episode on our podcast. So I thought, what the heck? Why not just, uh, I'm literally standing in my office on a Saturday afternoon, and I'm going to talk about the kinds of things that I think I will talk about at our outdoor service. Maybe you'll be, maybe you'll benefit from it. Maybe it will be something that will help you out. I'm not into uh, disingenuous things. I don't want to pretend that I'm making some fancy podcast with a nice system. I'm literally talking directly to my iPad right now. Checking my text messages on my watch. So that's what you get. I will, however, love to interact with you. If you're listening and you got any questions or anything you want to speak about or think about or talk about or ask about, please reach out to me. You can always find me at jaredmlee.net, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever. I'm out there. So I, I, I look forward to talking to you. So, because we're going to be meeting outside under the the trees and hopefully a light breeze, because I know tomorrow is supposed to warm up a little bit, I thought we would talk about creation. So, let me read you just a few verses, a few different places in the Bible where God talks about his creation. Luke 19 says... I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. That's the verse. Let me tell you what's going on there. Jesus has, has just come into Jerusalem. You may have heard the story. He's been riding on a donkey. And people, as he's riding in, this is the like the week before he's murdered. As he's riding into town, the people are like, Hosanna, holy, great is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Woo! And they're all celebrating. And the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day were like, you got to tell your followers to be quiet. They can't be doing this kind of thing. And Jesus says, if they were, the stones would cry out. The very nature itself would cry out. We actually have proof of that because there are other places. Like we read in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and they, the sky above, proclaims his handiwork. As we look out and we see the world, we can see the beauty of God. Romans one twenty, his invisible attributes, 
namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So as we look, and I, I look, I am not anti-science, okay? I'm not sitting here saying, no, oh, science is all a lie. I, I do think, however, that as we look, and even the more we learn about science, and the more we learn about nature, and as we delve into quantum physics, there's just so much mystery. And I know some people have confidence that all of our questions will one day be answered. <laughs> I don't know if that's really true or not, but even as they are answered, even as, as we make new discoveries, and, and many scientists will tell you this, they're in awe of the intricacy of what we find in creation. And I, I find that to be confirmation of that, that, that we can see God in the works of his hands in nature. Psalm 8 says, O Lord, our, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. God is big. I mean, he's good, and and there really is something about beauty in the order of the world. As we look at the creation, as we look at the things that he's made, that I believe experiencing the beauty of his creation will actually help us to grow closer to God. I really do. I think there's something, and I, I honestly, I think it's something that we neglect often in the church. I think we neglect this. In fact, I think beauty in general is something that we don't pay enough attention to. One of my favorite theologians to read is a guy named Hans Urs von Balthasar. I know that's a mouthful. His name is a mouthful. So is something that he wrote, which I'm going to read to you in a minute. So, so get ready. <laughs> but, but he argued that what makes us most human is our ability to perceive and experience God's glory. That what makes us human, he, he had a lot to say about being other than God. And what that is that is what we are. And in our very essence, we are human and made in his image to experience him, to see him and experience him. Um to to see that which is other, those are his words, that which is other than ourselves. This is a way for us to navigate and live in the world that we find ourselves in. And that's kind of his, his point. Now, let me read you something that he said, because I think it's powerful, I think it's beautiful, and it's probably one of my favorite quotes. 
Now, when he, what I'm going to read to you is in a, the beginning of a three-volume work, and he, he wrote a, he wrote a, he wrote three volumes on beauty, good, goodness, and truthfulness, okay? And so he says this at the beginning of his three volumes on beauty, goodness, truthfulness. He says, beauty is the word which shall be our first. We're going to talk first about beauty. Beauty is the last thing which the thinking intellect dares to approach, since only it dances as an uncontained splendor around the double constellation of the true and the good, and their inseparable relation to one another. Now, I understand that, <laughs> because I have a thinking intellect. It's one of my gifts, and yet it's one of my weaknesses, the fact that I, I live in my brain often, and, and I struggle, I have struggled often with beauty and just to experience beauty. This is what he says. Beauty is the disinterested one of the three, without which the ancient world refused to understand itself. A word which both imperceptibly and unmistakably has bid farewell to our new world, a world of interests, leaving it to its own avarice and sadness. No longer loved or fostered by religion, beauty is lifted from its face as a mask, and its absence exposes features on that face which threaten to become incomprehensible to man. We no longer dare to believe in beauty, and we make of it a mere appearance in order the more easily to dispose of it. I'll talk more about that. He goes on, he says, Our situation today shows that beauty demands for itself at least as much courage and decision as do truth and goodness. And she will not allow herself to be separated and banned from her two sisters without taking them along with herself in an act of mysterious vengeance. We can be sure that whoever sneers at her name, as if she were the ornament of a bourgeois past, whether he admits it or not, can no longer pray, and soon will no longer be able to love. I know that's a long quote, and I know that's a lot, and I'd encourage you to look it up so you can see that Hans Urs von Balthasar. That is, uh, it's, it's, it's heavy, and there's a lot. But what is he saying to us? What is he saying to our hearts? to the deepest places in our souls. What he would say is the deepest place where our real selves come from. And you know what I mean, right? Real selves. Because so often, especially, I would say, inside the church, Christian people, we focus a lot on truth and goodness. Now, these things are good. These things are important. These, these are things that he would go on in future volumes in this work to say, as we look at truth, it is separate from ourselves. As we look at goodness, it is separate from ourselves. And what we need as humans is to look at these things as being separate from us. <laughs> and beauty is one, too. See, truth and goodness... Beauty's sisters, he calls them. 
they're mostly intellectual. They're, they're, they live in our brains. They, well, we can articulate what is true. Jesus rose from the dead. True. Jesus paid for our sins. I would say truth. Jesus is the way, the life, <laughs> and the truth. There is no other way to the Father, right? Truth, goodness. That's talking about morality. We live certain ways. We make certain choices that, that we believe are moral choices. And we, we, inside the church in particular, I think, we focus on these two things. These things are not bad. These things are good. But I got to tell you something. I know people who focus on these two things, truth and goodness, and their souls can sometimes be monstrous. If you don't believe me, watch the documentary on Amazon about shiny, happy people. These are people, it's about people, who focus on truth and goodness. <laughs> but somewhere in the mix, they've lost an appreciation for beauty. And some of these people, they are defenders of the faith. I know some of the most staunch defenders of the faith who are happy to point out the failures that other people make. And they are not always good people. What's going on there? Well, Balthazar said it. When we ignore her, when we sneer at her name, we will soon be no longer to pray and maybe no longer to love. That's what happens to us when we neglect beauty. Beauty is all over the Bible. Extravagant. <laughs> uh, beauty, watching a leaf flicker in the wind, especially, by the way, a cottonwood leaf. There's something about a cottonwood leaf that I appreciate watching flicker in the wind because it, the two sides of, of, a, of a cottonwood leaf are very different shades of green. And, and they, it's almost like it's blinking. And when you see a good strong wind come and the whole tree just lights up, it's just beautiful. Period. It's not there to tell us facts. It's there to make us stand in awe. It's there to make us go, wow, that's, that's really something. The same thing with standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. If you've ever done that, if you've ever stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon or gazed at the Alps, <laughs> you, will, you will experience something of just how small you are. If you've laid on your back at night, and looked up at the stars and seen that band of the Milky Way. Something I love about living in our part of North Dakota. I don't have to drive very far to get away from the city lights. And I can see this stretch of beauty <laughs> that stretches across the sky. And it's like something like gazing on the other. And when we leave that behind, when we neglect that, and we focus on her sisters, <laughs> we're left with a world filled with avarice and sadness. That's what Balthazar says, and I think he's right. 
anger, avarice, this, this sense of I'm right, you're wrong. Sadness. You know, depression is on the rise. Depression is one of the worst ailments facing American civilization. And I have to wonder if the focus on STEM education, science, technology, math, without the arts, has, has created some of that in us that we fail to enjoy and appreciate beauty may just be doing something harmful to us as human creatures and as human beings. I am convinced that somewhere in an appreciation for beauty is what we have to grow in without neglecting truth and goodness. Those things are important. But the beauty of sitting outside and watching the leaves flicker and experiencing the glory of God in the world is something that will help us to realize that we are not as important as we think we are. We know far less than we think that we do. And it's when we sit in that, it's when we rest in this reality that we are not God. God doesn't need our truth. God doesn't need our goodness. He is true. And He is good. But He is also beautiful. And He has given us beauty to experience. So we can begin to understand our place in the universe has more to do with finding ourselves in a position where we gaze on him and we gaze on his work. <laughs> and as we do that, I think it does something in our souls where it brings back life. It reminds us of what we were made to do, what we were made to be. And it helps us to situate ourselves correctly in his world, as people created by him. We are creatures created to experience and gaze upon his beauty. Then, and only then, does the power of the gospel begin to come to work in us. Because we are not the upholders of truth. We are not the upholders of goodness and we are not the upholders of beauty. We are created only to gaze upon his beauty, his truth, and his goodness. And then we can begin to rest in this gospel that he's given to us. Because we are neither beautiful enough, nor good enough, nor true enough for him. And yet... By his grace and by his mercy and by his love, he has given all of this to us and welcomed us home so that we can live a fully human life and experience the person that he is. Those are my thoughts. And that's some of what I plan to share tomorrow. And maybe that's some kind of edification to you. 
I should have said this at the beginning, but maybe it would be good for you to just put your headphones in and go listen to this outside somewhere. Go listen to this uh, where you can see the cottonwood leaf flicker or where you can watch the river lap against the shore or maybe where you can lay out at night and just watch the stars move across the sky because God has made a beautiful world for us and I don't think that is on accident. I think he's done it so that we can realize who he is and where we are in the world that he has made for us. Blessings to you. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you can enjoy the beauty of God's world.